Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I have a very special guest. I have a guest that, we, you know what, it's funny, from afar, we haven't had a chance to hang out much, but, you know, I've actually been told several times that we are very, very similar, and I was like, you know what, that means we need to hang out, we need to learn a little bit more about each other, so I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Vasily Lambos in the house. Vasily, what's up? <laughs> Jason, thank you for having me. I, uh, you know, I, I've been super thankful to have uh, a lot of accelerated career opportunities throughout my career. Um, started really in the automotive space uh, through a senior specialist role at Hendrick Automotive, working in their marketing department. Nice. Um, and you know, just through that experience, uh, I've learned that there's a lot of pain points in the automotive uh, industry as a whole. And I really just wanted to solve a lot of um, a lot of the pain points from both a media perspective and, and embracing kind of a qualitative approach that I think you and I resonate really, really well with. And, and it's that it's an opportunity to really, you know, look at data, you know, try to try to cover and, and problem solve for really complicated, you know, media related uh, issues. But at the same time, like, we understand that the the dealer audience is is tactical and we're all athletes in the space and so you know i went on to start my own agency lambos digital with the mindset and the mission to create almost a swat team um, to to come Love in that. and help dealers better improve their measurement better improve their media and so uh, i think you you share the same 100%. And look, I'm, I'm excited to jam today. We got some really cool topics. We're going to talk a little bit about Clubhouse and what's that done to our industry or aka Crack House. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, man, but you got to take a look. Like, I, I hate getting my uh, screen time notifications now. <laughs> you know, 17 and a half hours in Clubhouse. I don't know if that's necessarily a healthy thing, but that's okay. But we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about multi-network marketing strategies on how it's not just one network's responsibility to actually generate and bring that uh, customer or lead into the dealership. We're actually going to talk about measurement. What the hell is that? And how the hell do we actually do it? So that's going to be fun. All right. We're going to also cover uh, defining real marketing KPIs. We're talking about real ones, right? Operationally based KPIs and ROI. Uh, so, man, we have a lot of topics to jump into. And uh, it's so cool to be able to connect with you. I find that, you know, for a lot of us, there's there's only three ways we get into this industry, right? And that's one, we stumbled our way in. Uh, two, we were born into it, which doesn't sound like you were. Or three, you get conned into it, um, which is kind of how I got into it. Um, so like, it's cool to have you here. We're gonna. There's a lot of great topics. Let's start off talking about Crack House, or, sorry, Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts and opinions, man. Like, what do you think Clubhouse is going to do, and how is it going to affect the automotive industry? I think it's an amazing thing for the automotive industry. Um, my take at, at like a thousand foot, you know, looking down. Um, and, and personally, I don't have a huge following. I've never had a huge following on Instagram, Twitter, um, but clubhouse in a unique way has democratized information for people who may not have been as vocal, mm -hmm. you know, in the social media space prior. And I think for an industry that 
a lot of times, at least this is in my perspective, my perspective, we like to hold information to our, you know, close and tight. And we, because of politics, because of, you know, the structure and how even large uh, automotive groups operate, it's hard sometimes to share ideas um, in a way that that cascades through the organization very uh -huh. fluidly. And so Clubhouse, just to hop in a room and, and get everybody at all levels of the operation from president to marketer to sales rep, all in the same room, talking about the same issues, I think we're going to problem solve really, really fast on a platform like Clubhouse. And to get all those different uh, viewpoints is, is a really powerful thing. I think the best the best level of innovation occurs when we're all in the same room and we're sharing opinions, right or wrong. And uh, it's been an amazing couple of weeks just diving in deep, investing a ton of <laughs> yeah. time into into crack house, clubhouse. You know, I think I think my my sleeping schedule now <laughs> is sort know, of right? adjusted. <laughs> No, you know what? Um, I, I love what people are when they're talking about kind of in the industry. You know, it's like I look. I love networking events. I love networking events, and uh, very sad in the last twelve months haven't been able to attend many of those or even put some on like I do myself. And you know, because I find some of the conversations that happen in the halls or the conversation that you're having over a drink is some of the most impactful conversations, and it brings not not only insight but also new strategies and ideas. And they just haven't had a place to do that. So when I first got my invite, I was like, "Hell yeah, I'm in!" Like it was just a network impact. Actually, I'll be honest, the first week was really bad. It was 32 hours I spent. And wow. the first week. Now, a lot of that was because it was on in the background. Like, I wasn't actively talking for 32 hours, but it was on and I was just listening and just consuming and stuff like that to the point now where I actually have two phones. So I have like one phone for work, and then I now have this is my clubhouse phone. And it just sits over here so that I can have those conversations. But, you know, I, I think it's really cool because, you know, uh, for a, a lot of uh, management team who doesn't get the chance to go to, uh, some of these big NADA or the digital dealer or the driving sales events, right? They're in there listening to the same speakers that would have been there in the first place. So I actually think it's really cool for that management level to start to, to have those conversations and to get that education. Um, I think, you know, one of the topics that have been pretty popular right now in club, <clears throat> excuse me, in clubhouse has been around marketing strategies, and, you know, I know that, you know, I've been in some rooms, you've been in some rooms, we were just talking before we start recording about Bob Lanham and some of his, his viewpoints and what an amazing guy he is, right? Bob's just love, an amazing love, guy, love. you know, for, for someone who, who, you know, is at Facebook, but willing to say that it's not just Facebook to be a part of your strategy, you need to have more, right? So I, I've, I found that, you know, multi-network marketing strategies have been a pretty popular a conversation kind of in clubhouses, but I'd love to kind of get your thoughts. Like, how do you define a multi-network uh, marketing strategy for anybody out there that's watching and listening right now? Yeah. So being um, mainly on the paid media side, when I think of um, omni-channel and I think of a multi-channel approach, it's really how we define and identify our media mix and, and allocating the right amount of media, the right amount of amount of budget to channels that are going to drive the best value for the business. And so you can measure that value um, through return on ad spend. You can measure the ROI. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of dealerships today that are overweight in certain channels mm -hmm, that are not sure. providing 
you know, or even certain campaigns that are not providing enough return on investment for the dealership. And so identifying what those channels are um, and shifting your media model on not just a monthly basis, but an annualized basis is also really important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd like to say qualitatively, right, dealerships have like 12 holidays out of the year, whether it's a red tag sale event or you know, I talk, I think it, I think about it as like 12 key Super Bowl days or, or weekends that dealers can really operationalize against and looking at your media in the context of your key events, your key business drivers throughout the year, I think is is super, super important. For sure. It is, you know, and, and that's actually a good point. You know, it's like um, the manufacturers have their voice, but the dealerships really need to find their own voice. And, you know, you, you, I, I find that dealership like sales events are great places to start doing that. But the problem I run into in a lot of these events or campaigns that are run is that there wasn't really clearly defined goals and objectives before we actually did it. It's just because it was a good idea. You know what? I got to be honest with you, (laughs) Celio. Um, I hate good ideas. I legitimately hate them. And you've been in a bunch of marketing meetings. I have too. I'll be in a boardroom and someone, you know, very innocently will say, hey, I got a good idea. And I'm like, oh, crap, here it comes. Um, and, and you know what it is? It, it, it's going to be something that they saw that was really cool. It was fancy. It was special. It was something like that. But then the problem is that it, if the good idea is not deeply rooted in a goal and an objective, then it just becomes a good idea. And it just fizzles out over time. So I I, I got to be honest with you, as because we were in the same boat. I spend more time with dealers talking about defining real goals and objectives for each of their campaigns or events or whatever it is, right? Then I actually ended up ever talking about the marketing. I'm curious, do you find the same thing? Do you end up spending more time talking about goals and objectives than you do about marketing? Uh, I do. And I would also add to that. I think that the way that you position the conversation with the dealership and communicate about marketing is, is really important. And one thing that I think about when we're talking about media planning specifically is and lining the media plan up with key objectives. Mm -hmm. I think today, at least on the Facebook front, we've been heavily focused on making very deliberate decisions on what our key KPI is uh, at all levels for the dealer. And and that can be month to month. It can also change as you've seen with COVID-19 where inventory, you know, restraints and pain points start to have a profound impact on, on how dealers can hold more gross and, and, and so forth. And so that has a direct impact to the media dollars that they're willing to spend and how they're thinking about media. And so being able to pivot, right. And having the fluidity in your budget is, is a key, is a key component. I would also add that dealers have a huge opportunity to define also their brand promise Mm, in the market. And a lot of times being a tier three dealer and having a lot of pressure and influence from the OEM, we sometimes suppress, we meaning the dealer suppresses their own personality and, and value proposition at the local level that could be lifted and utilized in their advertisement, uh, advertising efforts with the proper creative and the right message. And so I think when we think about our media, we want to align our campaigns and objectives to be very deliberate in defining our brand promise and defining what our goals and KPIs are for the month or for the year as all the 
um, you know, market environments are, are sort of brewing and changing. And I think now is the best time. I think if anything, uh, you know, COVID advanced our ability to move uh, and be more agile with how we think about media as opposed to leaving things on autopilot or not, not taking media and looking at it uh, and prioritizing uh, some of these topics. That's so true. You know what? It's, I hate to say it, but there's still a lot of dealers out there that are just checking out the proverbial box. Like, check. I got it done. <laughs> like, right. like, check. I'm running my display ads. Check. I'm running my Vin specific Facebook marketplace ads. Check, check, check. And that, and that's it. Right. I, I feel like, but, but, your, to your point, this last 12 months, I think, has been a big eye-opener. I hate to identify silver linings during, during a pandemic, but you're right. This is definitely kind of one of those silver linings is that I think dealers are taking strategy a lot more serious now. They're realizing that it is their, their product is not enough of a story for them, for a consumer to want to choose to do business with you. I think consumers are looking for stories before they're looking for products. And it's let's let's talk about that because I still think there's a lot of dealerships out there that don't have I want to deep I want to dive deeper into what you're talking about, multiple strategies. It's not one strategy. We're talking about we're talking about omni-channel and multiple networks and multiple cha- channels, but really what we're even talking about, we have to even go farther than that. There are multiple strategies that need to be run all the time, right? So anybody out there that's watching and listening right now um, and, and are running a dealership or management or own a dealership, whatever it is, what advice can you give to them about you know different strategies that should be run um, on a regular basis? Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. And I would just take a step back. I would say, you know, look at your look at your media mix, look at your media efforts holistically. And when you're looking at your objectives for the month, simplify it. A lot of times I use the word segmentation uh, for audience management, and we're segmenting audiences, and we're thinking through how to line up personalization with our media efforts, right? And, and what I mean by personalization is serving the right ad to the right consumer at the right time. And when we take a step back and we evaluate that, there's, there's really simple strategies to create creative and ad campaigns that line up with your fixed or variable operation uh, objectives. And so I think you know, for any dealer manager or GM or internet marketing manager, anybody who's handling or is a stakeholder in the process, it's look at it holistically and be deliberate also about what media dollars um, are, are making the most impact. The two core KPIs for that or metrics is your cost per lead or cost per acquisition, right? And, and ensuring that you're not acquiring leads into a specific funnel or component of your business that is just outrageously high. And so, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, efficiency, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, a marketer who looks at efficiency in some cases, and if it's not profitable one month, right, you, you just turn it off. I think efficiency is going to have a lot of fluidity as, as well. And some months you may be paying a higher price for a consumer that you know is going to have a longer lifetime value for your for your business on on say a twelve month window. And so I would just be very mindful of as you're looking at your media efforts to also be be con- considerate of the intent and the type of consumer that you're going after. Uh, and, and they're really simple concepts that if done well, you've got campaigns that are lined up 
for each core objective. And it's, it's set up the account structure we talk about a lot mm-hmm. is set up in a way that it scales and has the levers that, that you can pull month to month to really start to flex your budget and you don't get caught in areas where you're overweight or you're overspending in a category that is just not profitable and, and there, there ends up being a lot of waste. No, you're 100% right. And I think the more time that we spend developing out those goals, then we, we, we get away from that waste. And there's a lot of waste there, right? Look, um, we need to have a goal around lead generation, acquisition, all right? We need to have a goal around retention. There has, there, there has to be a goal in a campaign that's associated with that that's always consistently running. That's one thing that's always kind of dumbfounded me in the automotive industry is loyalty campaigns, right? Like it's like it's a loyalty event. What do you mean? Loyalty only happens once a quarter? What the hell is that? <laughs> like it, the, it's always freaking there. Why the hell we tried to shove it into this private event, which is not so private, by the way. Um, like, <laughs> Anyways, I'll, I'll get off that soapbox because I can go on that one for a while. Um, but But we have to be running multiple... Uh, multiple goals all the time. There's also the goal around um, uh, just culture. Like I think there has to be a culture goal within the marketing as well. Like people want to understand your culture. They want to be a part of that culture. They want to buy into that culture. Well, if you're not marketing it, they don't know. I remember I was sitting down with a a group of Chrysler dealerships. And uh, of course, there was always that one guy, you know, that one guy in the room, right? Oh, those internet people. I'm like, oh gosh. internet people eh? <laughs> like, like, they're, like they're different human beings like they're they're aliens of some kind right you know and he's like well all they care about is price 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 well it's not my first rodeo i've been down this rabbit hole a few times so i decided to go down the rabbit hole with them right so i'm like okay fair enough fair enough all right i'll, I'll agree with you that's all they care is about price but let's take a look at what your marketing efforts have been for the last 12 months and sure enough every single piece of creative put out there had to do with nothing but the lowest freaking price humanly possible. Look, our marketing defines who our audience is. If the only message we're telling them is that we're going to be the best price no matter what, well, why would you be surprised that that is what people are coming in and actually asking for and only give a crap about? But but that's what I'm saying. Like we like we I feel like like the strategy I like to do is like define what the goal is, right? Then define the audience that's going to help you meet and achieve that goal then define the creative that's actually appropriate for the audience, right? You were talking about earlier, and I love the fact you said it because we don't do this too often. A lot of times we we create creative for ourselves and not for our audience. And our creative has to be for the audience. And that means that you're going to have multiple audiences. Like you're not going to have one audience that's going to provide you um, leads, right? You're going to have new customers. You're going to have existing customers. And then within those categories, you can have multiple demographics and multiple places and multiple offers. So it's like, I feel like we, we got to get away as an industry. We got to get away from checking off these stupid proverbial boxes and get serious about it. And that kind of goes into our next topic, which is really about measurement, right? We, and you, you, you kicked it off really well in your last statement is, is like, how do we, how do we measure all of that? How do we put that all together? And it's, it's not enough that we're just looking at attribution, right? Or lead generation, right? It's like, we got to take a look at the measurement of the ad engagement, and how that affects the website engagement. And then how does that affect the in dealership engagement? Like if you really want to knock this out of the park, anybody out there watching and listening, you want to knock this out of the park, all right, you got to look at all three of those stories. And you got to make sure all three of those stories actually say the same thing. But then the question goes is how do we do that? So that's going to be my question now for you is, is how do we connect the dots between ads, website, and in dealership? And how do we measure that? Yeah, I think it's 
I think it's such an interesting topic for automotive. And I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> I think many, many dealerships and the people who are at the dealership involved with digital marketing feel like they have a not so much a messy um, kind of landscape, digital landscape, but the industry has sort of tacked on widgets, third parties, and a lot of different funnels that are, frankly, from a technical standpoint, hard to measure. And I don't want to make For it sure. an attribution conversation because there's still ways that dealerships can consolidate and get all of their data and their information in one place. And so I think if you have an issue with identifying who the quote unquote source of truth is from a data perspective, that's the first problem you want to solve. Once you're, you feel confident and that the source of data is in the right place, then we get into defining what those KPIs are for the business. Mm -hmm. I think the automotive industry as a whole could do a lot better job of identifying what those hard conversions are for each business or uh, vertical or service line, right? You want to know what your variable operation leads look like from a funnel perspective. You want to know where your fixed op ops leads are being generated. You want to differentiate when you're getting a chat lead versus a website lead exactly. and, and, and backing into that all the way full funnel. So from the first impression to the engagement to the lead, and I think if, if dealerships can really focus on solving for that in the immediate term, they're going to be very successful. And then it makes everything from a measurement side just that much easier. But it's a commitment. Yes, I think exactly. you said it earlier uh, where it was talking about how dealers need to have the commitment to change and the commitment to hold themselves accountable. And when, when you made the example of how ad creative sort of, you know, you see a lot of ad fatigue where all we're pushing is price. <laughs> and it, it kind of reminded me of a situation where there's dealerships who are, who are actually operating uh, inefficiently, but they're also not profitable because they yep. immediately go to knock the price off of certain inventory or lower their pricing on, on specific inventory that maybe they don't need to. They can present it to another audience that would be willing to pay a higher price and also pay for a better experience. And so be diligent, right, with the measurement strategy so that you're looking at your media dollars, you're looking at the KPIs and the, and the funnel that that consumer is coming into, and you're, you're driving the best amount of, or you're positioning that in a way that's gonna be most profitable for the dealership. And I think the, you know, I exist because there's a lot of inefficiency in the market yes. in these key areas. And so, you know, I, again, it's not an attribution conversation, but attribution is still really important to know exactly what you're measuring and it's, having it's connecting that the dots in one place. Exactly. It, it, you know, and it's like, Hey, we could do a whole podcast on attribution and we go down that rabbit hole in a big way. Right. Right. Um, you know, and honestly, I'm not a big fan of, of, of really kind of focusing on the attribution. I'm looking at like, because each campaign requires different, different KPIs. You know, and it's like, so it's like, how do I connect the dots, right? And, you know, it's very difficult to connect those dots if the goal and objective was never defined in the first place, right? You know, I, I love the fact that you were saying about like payment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> you know, you've been in, you've been in the business for a while. I've been in the business for a while. You know, it's like whenever you go to a dinner party and they find out you're in the automotive business, whoa, 
here comes the story. Well, let me tell you. I'm like, oh God, okay, here it comes, right? But I'll tell you something super interesting about that. Out of all those dinner parties I've been to and all those situations I've been to, I've yet never have someone tell me about the $256 biweekly vehicle they bought. Not once. No one's ever come out and said, let me tell you about this $250 biweekly car I bought last week. Oh, yeah? How'd it go? <laughs> it never comes up. But that is where we spend hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars a year in industry focusing on, like, that's the freaking message. Look, once they buy the car, they don't give a shit. That's not the message that they care about, right? They're going to tell me about the experience, you know? And it's like, so they, they, they care more about the experience, but we market more about the price. It seems like this is all back-ass backwards. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have pricing in our marketing efforts at some point in time, but it's not all about that. So I want to dive a little farther into, into that is, and this is really kind of, now we're talking about, you know, marketing yourself, right? And that experience. Um, for dealers out there that are listening and watching right now, all right. What are some strategies that you would recommend about marketing? What makes them unique? That's a, that's probably my favorite question because the real nerd comes out when <laughs> you ask me that question. And the first three core campaigns that every dealership should leverage on a platform like Facebook is enabling a why buy campaign, mm. right? That's your brand awareness campaign. That's defining your message at the local level. The second one is supplementing that with automotive inventory ads, right? Mm -hmm. We still need to show and move the metal that we have. And Facebook has made it extraordinarily easy to set that up, leveraging your, your feed and getting that inventory on the platform in a very co cohesive manner and testing into different formats and different placements to see what's going to drive the most view through uh, uh, attribution, the most view through success. And I think Facebook um, does a great job there. I think the measurement is still able to give us a pulse on uh, what our return on ad spend looks like offline for people who see your vehicle on Facebook and yes. then end up in the showroom. The third campaign is CRM, right? Exactly. It's using your first party data. And we see this all the time. Dealers have a ton of customer data and all they have to do is take that data, create audiences, and you can go after lease equity on your own. You don't need a vendor for that. You can do it yourself, right? And you can go after people who have purchased but have not serviced their vehicle. You can create those custom audiences and then create the creative, right? Yes. And line that up together to create an experience that the consumer is is nine times out of ten they're gonna they're not only gonna convert better but they're gonna come into the dealership and they're gonna have that that message ready they're gonna be easier they're gonna be warmer for the sales team and the, and and the dealership to convert in store as well for sure a hundred percent you know and like I think from a creative perspective actually let me back up a little bit first thing um, <laughs> we've lost a lot of targeting when we're talking about audience and audience developments, like it's like, I, I love the fact that you're talking about first party data because we, we have to focus a lot more on that now than ever. And if we were to identify another silver lining over the last 12 months, even though this has nothing to do with the pandemic at all, is the fact that we've lost a lot of that very specific, you know, demographic targeting, you know, is now going to force us to be better in the actual creative that we put out there. It's not enough that we just put an F-150 out there that says $167 bi-weekly. It's not enough. It's not going to work, right? We do have to dig deeper in in our creative message and there's something that i've been 
I've been kind of playing with. I'd love to kind of actually get your thoughts on this as well. Is we we spend we spend obscene amount of money. Right? I mean, we're talking ridiculous amount amount of money on messages that only have a thirty day shelf life. And I I really struggle with that. Right? I mean, look, there's a reason why I do all this branding. This this podcast that we're doing right now won't have a thirty day shelf life. Right? We'll be able to we'll be able to pull up pieces from this podcast. Five years from now, we'll do like a, a throwback Thursday. And remember when we did, we had this conversation, <laughs> like, like, like why are dealers not, why, why are we still in our marketing efforts embracing these, this, these short shelf life strategies? And, you know, how do we get, you know, the dealers that are listening right now to embrace marketing as a marathon and develop out long form strategies? Like what, what kind of advice do you have for that? I would, I would be very, and I would, I would start by saying we are conditioned in automotive yeah. from a dealer perspective to think short term, Exactly. think new car objectives, right? We have a lot of pressure to move inventory and we're conditioned to operationalize in the short term marketing, however, and thinking about your customer lifetime value is a long game. And so dealerships and GMs and, and stakeholders there who are passionate or wanting to learn how to increase the lifetime value of their customer when they're operationalizing things like their brand and they're defining their message, you need to think about it long-term. You need to think about how you're creating your creative content and you're thinking about your brand message, your positioning, even at the local level with your communities. What do you want your community to think of you long-term, right? Exactly. How do you want to keep that consistency and dealerships who get this right? It makes everything else fall into place because there are dealerships that have, I think really unique uh, brand opportunities and really unique messages that they can only do in their local market, right? Thinking about uh, a dealership who may be in a rural environment versus more of a metropolitan area or a city. They're going to have different messages because they're dealing with consumers who have different, vastly different lifestyle, right? And so you can line up um, your messaging really in a creative way, but you need to think long-term. And when you look at your data, it's the, the same applies. Don't just look at the month over month goal. Look at it year over year. Look at it long at, at that data long-term and really try to define the KPIs uh, very diligent to thinking about your messaging long-term. So, you know, I, I don't want to be, you know, a, a dead horse here, but a lot of our dealerships are thinking short-term and we come in there and it's, and it becomes a change management exercise to say, let's think about our messaging exactly. as if we had a customer who bought a car three years ago and they forgot about us. And we want to remind them that, Hey, we're here, right? Yes. How are we going to show you or show the consumer that we still exist and we have a consistent message for our brand. Well, you know what though? I think you, you nailed it on the head when you use the word content. Like if you think about it, right? Think about the difference. When I say the word ad versus the word content, we, as an industry, we have to get away of thinking about ads. All right. And we have to look at ourselves as content creators. And every single dollar that we put out there is an opportunity to, pre, to, to create a piece of content that someone can engage with, 
So, you know, actually, um, something I've been pushing a lot for lately, and um, I got to be honest, I'm not getting a whole lot of buy-in, which is kind of upsetting, but I'll keep pushing for it, right? Is, is I want dealers to start carving out like budgets for things that I call social worthiness. Some things they do or create or have that is something that is socially worthy of sharing or talking about or engaging with. Too often, I think, see, ads talk at people. One ninety nine biweekly, zero percent financing, huge discounts. <laughs> like that's what ads do. Content doesn't though. Content encourages people to come in, have a conversation, be a part of something, share this because someone else will get a kick out of it, right? So you know, what advice can you give to dealers to change that mindset to stop thinking about ads and start thinking more about content? And do you agree that we should be carving out a budget for what I call social worthiness strategies? Yeah, we're we're conditioned to sell, right? And yeah. so that's why you see a lot of that price-driven, offer-driven offers. They may convert really, really well in the short term, but in the long term, does it build your brand equity? Does it build exactly. value to the consumer? And I, I, I would ask that question, is the content that you're designing and you're generating providing value? Right. And with, with a lot of our uh, automotive audiences, people, you know, 70% of people are shopping, right? Yeah. And, and nine times out of 10, it's, it's, and especially nowadays where technology is really advanced, I would, I would argue that vehicles have a harder time, whether it's Mercedes or, or BMW, they all have Apple CarPlay, they all are competing yep. on those features. And so as the consumer thinks about the industry and thinks about the auto industry, in more of a brand agnostic manner, defining your brand promise is going to be more important, right? And so 100%. when you think about brand promise, think about Carvana, seven-day test own. Now, that's hard to, to do at a tier three, you know, for a tier three uh, dealership. However, you can create your own messaging that's consistent and back your content and, and ask yourself, does the, is the ad, in this case, right, are the ads that we're putting out there and investing so heavily in, are we giving value to the consumer in a way that they're going to not only convert, but they're going to remember us and remember our brand and remember what our value proposition is. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what, look, I think everything we're talking about now is, you know, especially kind of around having a content marketing, you know, I gotta be honest with you, I've had the opportunity to be in thousands of dealerships, talk to many, many operators out there. And, you know, I've always, I always like to identify, you know, the, the key, a few handful of key things that are consistent with the top 1% of all the dealers that are really executing well. I mean, not just from a profitability perspective, but from a culture perspective, from a marketing perspective, from operations and everything. And one of the things I do find is that they do embrace a content strategy in addition to an advertising strategy and making sure that there's a mix there. But I think for dealers to get to that place, all right, they need to take responsibility for their own marketing education. Like they need, they, they, it's not, look, it's 2021. All right? <laughs> like the resources out there, podcasts we're doing, that thousands of marketing podcasts and audio books and everything. I just don't think there's an excuse anymore for a dealership not to know all right, what is available out there as far as marketing strategies and content strategies? And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, you know, I struggle with this. And so this isn't a 
this isn't just like a, hey, you dealer, you struggle, struggle with this. But this is, I think, it goes back to learning and development or, L, you know, L&D. I always talk about even on, on Clubhouse and to my existing network in the automotive space. You need to do a better job of taking the, the metrics and the, the nitty gritty technical components of marketing and educating people in the dealership, educating our teams, collaborating and, and sitting at the table together and creating the methodology. Like you said, there, all this information, everybody has a methodology and a perspective, a lens at which they're looking at, you know, when they think about their marketing and their success. For sure. That fluidity can be even more understood if we all have kind of a fundamentals of marketing 101 concept defined. And I think dealers sometimes uh, are conditioned to just, you know, outsource, say, oh, we're paying you, you handle it, you know, drive opportunity to our dealership. But if they start to actually, if, if they're getting involved and they're collaborating and they're conscious, they're making a commitment to learn, they're going to actually be able to tell and inform their partners that they work with how to better improve their business. And and I think align those goals and KPIs. Now I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, there, for dealers out there that may be watching this right now and shaking their head and go, yeah, you know what? I agree. I do need to get better. I need to educate myself. All right. Um, where would you recommend someone start? Is is there, do you have have a particular favorite book or a podcast or, you know, uh, how, how can someone kind of kick off their marketing education? Yeah, so I I would definitely look at if it's paid media related. Google and Facebook have some open source um, resources such as Google Skillshop, mm-hmm. um, and Facebook has a dealer playbook. And Bob Lanham, I plug to him; he has amazing resources for that as well. He's such There's an approachable the, person. You just ask him; such, about he's there. Oh, absolutely! And uh, there's a Facebook group, uh, the Facebook Auto Marketing Collective. And that's Ooh, just like that. a great group where you can ask questions, get involved. I'm in that group. You can ask me and reach out to me personally. We have a ton of presentations and, and educational materials. We'll show you how the auction dynamics work, for example. We'll show you how to think about media buying from a little bit more of a technical perspective mm-hmm. and, and really help define the lens, right? This is how you can look at your data. And this is how we operationalize against our marketing. That's awesome. I, I actually think that's a great place to start. That's an amazing, I, I forgot about that Facebook group and the, it, that's that's an awesome one. For everyone out there that's watching and listening, you need to go be a part of, of that Facebook group and uh, get into Clubhouse. If you got an iPhone, get into Clubhouse. If, if you don't have an iPhone, go get one. Like, I don't, I don't really care. It's worth it. I, I'll be honest with you, it's worth it. The, the, the amount of wealth of knowledge and insights in there is just absolutely amazing. Hey, uh, Vasily, I know it's getting towards the tail end of our time today, and I'm confident we could probably go for a whole nother hour on these topics. But man, we've covered some amazing things. And I think at the core of everything that we've covered, it comes back to dealers really taking ownership of their goals and objectives so that they can work backwards towards the, the marketing KPIs and developing out the ROIs and understanding, you know, the multiple network strategies or omni-channel strategies, how that all kind of gets into it. But if we don't have that clear direction, your marketing never has clear direction. It just kind of goes, it goes all over the place, right? 
And in dealers, you know, I think you nailed it on the head. You need to take ownership of your marketing education. You have to own that. It's like I was like I was saying earlier, it's 2021. It's unacceptable that you don't know some of the things we're talking about. I know I'm giving a little tough love, but I've been there. You know, like I, I've been the dealer principal. I've sat on that desk. All right. I've I've had vendors come in and 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 open my eyes to some amazing things, but also try to sell me some serious snake oil. And it was because of my education that I had about marketing, I was able to make education uh, educated decisions, and that truly benefited my business. Uh, but before I let you go, uh, Vasily, for everyone out there watching and listening that really enjoyed our conversation, would love to kind of continue this conversation or connect with you or follow along with your social journey. What what is the best way to connect with you? So first off. I think our website, we post, uh, I personally write posts and resources for marketing at lambosdigital.com. You can also find me directly on LinkedIn at Basilios Lambos. And I'd be more than happy to audit and, and provide free insights. Uh, and so those are the two best ways of contacting me uh, and just picking my brain on anything from, hey, you know, our marketing vendor, we're not sure we, we understand the data we're looking at. Or, hey, can you help something more minuscule, such as connecting your Facebook page and your ad account together? Uh, so I, I'm, you know, I'm available uh, pretty much on Clubhouse, right? Every other day, uh, every, you know, in between meetings. So Clubhouse, super important. You can find me there as well at, at Vasilios Lambo. So thank you so much, Jason, for your, for your time today. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for hanging out and jamming with me today. Uh, You have yourself an amazing day. You too.